0: Let's start at the beginning. General George E. Pickett was stationed on the San Juan Islands after being assigned frontier duty in Washington Territory. He was fairly young at age 30 when he came to Bellingham Bay. Pickett was a never-to-be-forgotten figure in the history of Whatcom County and of the Lower South due to his role in the Pig War on the San Juan Islands. But there was someone forgotten during this period of history who was a part of cross-cultural marriages that occurred in areas occupied by the Hudson Bay Company, often as a way to secure trading opportunities and favor with tribes. But she will have her time after we hear all the facts about the other two white, socially acceptable Mrs. Picketts. General George E. Pickett had three wives in total. He married his first wife, Sally Harrison Stuart Minge, on January 28, 1851, and she died later that year in November. According to records, she died during childbirth. Fun fact, she was the great-great-granddaughter of Benjamin Harrison who signed the Declaration of Independence. Fast forward to Pickett's third wife, Sally Corbell, who he married on September 15, 1863, during the period of the Civil War. He wrote so many letters to his war bride that they were compiled in the book Soldier of the South General Pickett's War Letters to His Wife. She fought to resurrect his reputation, since it was tarnished in Gettysburg when he followed General Robert E. Lee's orders and marched his division into Federal guns, killing half of the 12,000 men under his charge. Together they had two sons, George Edward Pickett, Jr who died at sea while returning home from the Philippines in 1911, and David Corbell Pickett, who died as a young boy in 1866. But Pickett's second wife is one of particular interest, because she has ultimately been erased from history along with the other indigenous women who married white settlers, a stark contrast to the details about the first two Caucasian brides. Author Candace woman wrote it best in her book, Peace Weavers, Uniting the Salish Coast Through Cross-Cultural Marriages. When local histories were written, the best the indigenous wives got was, he married an Indian woman. This Mrs. Pickett was never referenced by name, and their wedding dates were not properly recorded. It was in the year 1856, supposedly, and they were married in both tribal and United States civil ceremonies, all no, although no records exist and then they took up residence in the Pickett house. Supposedly she was a princess in the Hayda tribe, and Pickett met her at Semeamu Bay and later at Fort Bellingham. Morning Mist, as she has often been referred to in what race of Anglicized historical accounts, was not from the Pacific Northwest groups, but from Alaska. She bore a son named James Tilton, to Pickett, and well, you guessed it, she died after giving birth in 1857. Pickett decided he could not care for a toddler and arranged for the native grandmother to bring Jimmy to the Collins home to stay in 1859, and then Pickett never saw his son again. But wait, wait, it's even more depressing. Jimmy died at the age of 31 in a Portland boarding house from sadness and tuberculosis. The story goes that in his possession was an elaborate Chinese camphor tea chest, the legacy of his Hada Indian mother, the yellowed silk gloves worn by his father and his bride at their wedding, a leather-bound Bible given by Pickett to his little brown boy as a private acknowledgment that he had fathered the child, letters and copy books and paintings and tintypes. Pickett's third wife ensured the erasure of their darling's half-breed son by burying the existence the way history had buried the boy's mother. It was a patriarchal world, and many historical records were missing, lost or not filed, because intercultural marriages were fined a large sum after an amendment went to place in Whatcom County to limit these marriages and to protect white culture and disinherit mixed-blood children. Accusations of fornicating, legal concubinage, and clarification of the term marriage contributed to the banishment of these women and their unions, despite the hardships they bore during their time in history in the San Juan Islands.